0: hello beautiful soul welcome to your story is a legacy show i'm your host rosanna jackalone you're a life story guide your legacy coach your spiritual healer and hopefully a bringer of light and inspiration i have a few questions for you do you want to create a legacy your unique life story your greatest work your magnus opus that you can share with your children and future generations? Do you want to learn how to turn trauma and tragedy into triumph in your life? Do you want to know how to discover your natural gifts and what sets your heart on fire? Do you want to help getting through life transitions, things like relocation, job loss, childbirth, marriage and midlife? Well. If you've answered yes to any of these questions, first you have to know you're not alone. And second, you've come to the right place. Hopefully you already have a cup of coffee in your hand or depending on what time of day it is, a big glass of wine. (laughs) And if you're not driving, grab a pen and anything you can take some notes on since there will be helpful tips And also thoughts may come up about your life as you listen to this that you want to write down. Let's start your journey. Good morning, everyone. Before I get into today's
1: topic of grief and coping with the loss of someone we love, I'd like to share a wonderful listener review from Lovin' Music. Lovin' Music writes, Inspired... Exclamation point, exclamation point. As someone whose parents are deceased, I can't tell you how many times I wished I would have asked the questions and recorded the meaningful events in their lives to share with my own children. We all have a story, but the ability to bring that story to life under the guidance and encouragement of Rosanna is a gift she inspired me that every story regardless of its ups and downs is worth sharing we are all works in progress with something valuable to record and leave behind to our loved ones thank you love and music for your kind words i am grateful you have chosen me to guide you on your incomparable life journey know that you inspire me to with that wonderful review. And to my listeners, please review this show if it moves you. Yours may be the next review I read on our show. Today's topic is a tough one. It's about losing someone you love, coping with the grief that follows, getting back to your life, and then making peace with the loss. I will share with you three key things that have helped me and others survive this traumatic period. Did you know that the death of a loved one is considered the number one most stressful life event? Well, there's a good reason for that. The deep pain and numbness we experience as the person we love is dying, and after they die, feels unbearable. We are sleepless. We are angry. We feel powerless. We are burnt out by answering the questions of well-intentioned friends and family members who try to comfort what feels like our permanently broken hearts. I lost my brother and soulmate Johnny. This is one of the worst losses I have Ever experienced in my life. And I know if you are listening today, you have either experienced loss or are currently going through the grieving stages of a recent loss. I want you to know there is a light at the end of this dark tunnel where you eventually find a way to celebrate the life of your loved one and not dwell on the loss. I'm going to share with you three things that helped me and others I have sat with in bereavement counseling cope, survive, and get to the other side of the loss of a loved one. The three things are, number one, allow yourself to feel. Number two, move forward, and number three, Celebrate your loved one's life in a meaningful way. Before I get into each of these, I'd like to tell you a personal story. This is about my brother, Johnny. He was the fourth of six children born to my mother and father. My mother described how beautiful he was when he was born She told me he had a big smile and a tumble of black curls. He was two years older than I, and we were inseparable. Because of this, my mother always saw and described us as twins. No matter the activity, we were together from the time we were children. We could be creating anthills out of dirt in our backyard, or playing matchbox cars while dreaming up what our future lives would be like when we were adults. We would end up sharing and living out our dreams together. I followed him to the same college and then to New York City when he went to law school there. Johnny was a true Renaissance man. He was gifted in every way from his intellect to his soulfulness. People from all walks of life marveled at him, and everyone wanted to be in the company of this bright, charismatic, strikingly handsome man. While we lived in the city, we continued to be inseparable. After all, he was my best friend, my partner in crime, and my favorite date. We encouraged and cheered each other on always. I would describe our relationship uh, the way, uh, if any of you are on track or are familiar with a relay race, I felt like a relay runner. Johnny was always just ahead of me with the baton and I was racing to catch up. And then it happened. My brother told me the devastating news that he had contracted the AIDS virus. Back in those days, It was a death sentence. He tried to keep a stiff upper lip as he told me, but tears just came streaming down my face in disbelief, even though I knew if anyone could beat it, it would be Johnny. He asked me to be his care partner as well as to be the person to handle his estate and his DNR, along with his partner Gary. Eventually, he shared the news with my family, with my father being the last to know, and then we had to break the news to several close friends. Each time broke my heart. We continued to celebrate occasions with friends and family, but as the disease progressed, these became fewer. Johnny's appetite changed. He was constantly sick, and he began wasting away. When I held his hand through his chemo appointments, I witnessed him fighting the pain as the life-saving poison ran through his body. Sometimes, when I went to drop his medications off at night or bring him food, he did not even get up out of bed, nor did he eat. He no longer had an appetite. I would go home and cry. How could this happen? Why did this happen? Johnny was so good. He was so young and was doing so much in the world. He had so much more to do. My mother, my siblings, and my father all suffered as well. For my mom, there was nothing more devastating than to watch her son dying. As she said, it's not the natural order of things. After all, he would always be her baby. She came to stay with him in New York City full-time, and eventually he succumbed to his illness after 10 years of fighting, surviving multiple surgeries, hospital stays, countless medicinal cocktails, and daily pain. On May 5th, 1997, at the age of 36, Johnny passed away. Our family and Gary all said tearful goodbyes as we looked at and kissed him one last time in his hospital bed. We lost our brother. I lost my soulmate. My mother lost her son. Gary lost his partner, and the world lost a light. Johnny suddenly stopped running the race of life and he handed me his baton. I felt completely lost without him. And it is in this stage you go through the grieving in such a deep way, you are numb. I remember following his coffin, feeling like a zombie. There was a tremendous sense of exhaustion without being able to sleep. And given that I oversaw his estate, I had to go on autopilot to take care of things. The world stopped for me, but the day-to-day demands of his life still needed to be managed, along with repeatedly telling each person that I spoke to that Johnny had passed. No It did not seem like there was another side to this very dark period but I am here to tell you there is. Here are the three things that helped me and others I met in bereavement counseling cope with the loss of a loved one. The first one is to allow yourself to feel. Feel all of the feelings from denial to deep sadness To anger. They are all uncomfortable, but there is no shortcut. You can't go through them or around them. For months, I would go to Johnny's home, same as I always had, and I would write him a note and leave it on his table, hoping magically he would respond, even though deep down I knew he wouldn't. I would put on the sweater he wore in his last days just to feel him near, to feel a hug that wasn't there, which triggered great pain and sadness. This place of loss is so vivid that the process of recalling it fills me with tremendous sadness. Then there is the painful process of going through your loved one's belongings. You have to decide what to keep, what to store, and what to shed. As you know, somehow we don't want to shed anything. We don't want to change anything since we cling to the memories attached to those things and places. I found myself doing irrational things. For instance, my brother Lewis came to take some of Johnny's work suits from his closet. And I remember angrily asking him, What are you doing? Why are you taking those? And he responded with the sobering truth. What do you think? He's going to come back and wear them? I was still holding on to the memories and the occasions when he did wear them. The moving on process is slow since the heart does heal, but it does not forget. We merely move on and survive because instinctively we know we must. This leads me to point two of coping with loss, move. You must move forward. Take baby steps, whatever steps you can take to start to live again. I had a woman in bereavement counseling say to me, she got out of bed in her pajamas and went outside to get her mail. And yes, that was progress. Sometimes it seems something that simple, but at the time, that simple thing is monumental. Spend time with family and friends and others with whom you can share memories and process your feelings. Speak to a spiritual counselor or therapist. Join a bereavement support group. All these things are helpful during this time. Do things with friends. I will never forget Thanksgiving of that first year Johnny passed. I could not bear to be at the family dinner table celebrating without him. A dear family friend named Clive that I met through Johnny suggested I go away with he and a small group of close friends. I was hesitant at first to not be with my family, but it actually was the best thing for me. It brought me away from this place of pain and reminded me I had to live. I had to change my scenery. I could no longer continue to wallow in this grief. Other things I did were return to work. I had a demanding and exciting job at Rolling Stone magazine at the time. Thankfully, this occupied my mind. I also started to work out again, which did both my mind and body a lot of good. Remember, anything you do is a step in moving forward, but take a step forward no matter how small. Eventually, you will get to step three, which is the other side of the grief, and celebrating their life. After all, it is their body that is taken from us, not their love, the memories we have with them, or the indelible mark they've left upon us. Their death always occupies a guarded place in our heart, but you finally accept it, make peace with it, and then you realize there are many ways to celebrate the life they lived. We are the torchbearers who get to keep their life going. How do we do that? How can we celebrate their lives after they are gone? Simply by continuing things that were meaningful to them or things they hoped to do in this life. In essence, you perpetuate their life Here are a few examples of how we continued celebrating Johnny's life and kept him very much alive. He loved living on Central Park and his home there was so very meaningful to him. My family and I decided it would be best to have our younger brother Louis move into the apartment which we knew would make Johnny happy. We would not sell the apartment. Soon after we were able to celebrate life in that apartment since Louis married one of my best girlfriends, Chris, and they were married on the rooftop garden of his Central Park West home, and their first child, Gigi, was born there. Johnny also loved celebrating his birthday in black tie since it fell on New Year's Eve. He, Gary, and I would dress up have a wonderful dinner at one of his favorite restaurants, ring in the new year by watching fireworks on the roof of his apartment building, and then have a birthday cake to celebrate. My family and I continued that tradition with Gary the first year after he passed. Johnny also loved Christmas. It was his favorite holiday. So the year that he passed, I created a Christmas card with a beautiful photo of him smiling in front of all of his gifts under the Christmas tree. I sent this out to family members and closest friends. In that way, Johnny was still wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. We even created beautiful Christmas ornaments that had his smiling face on them. And finally, since education and mentoring people were so important to him, His dear friend and former teacher, Betty, and his dear friend, Jackie, called me with the thought of creating an award in his name. We then created the John Paul Jackalone Scholarship at our high school, which would go to a student every year who meets the criteria laid out to receive the award. At the ceremony, I share with the audience a little bit about who Johnny was to make the award even more meaningful. The winner receives a copy of one of his favorite books, they receive a cash award to use towards their college education, and they have their name engraved on a plaque bearing Johnny's engraved photo along with a scholarship name. The plaque hangs in the principal's office. There are so many things you can do to honor your loved one. Here are some other things that were shared in our group plant a tree in their name, name a bench in a park after them, sponsor a child, donate in their name to an organization or cause that was meaningful to them, or volunteer your time to serve in a place that helped make their life better. These three things will help you deal with loss, survive the grieving process, and turn the loss into something beautiful. To sum up, they are Number one, let yourself go through the stages and feelings you have with no timeline. Number two, move forward, get out, see friends, get back to work. Take baby steps, but no matter what, take steps. And number three, celebrate the life of your loved one in a way you know would be meaningful to them. I hope these steps help you as you go through your loss. Remember, there is another side to this. Sharing your life is part of the legacy you will leave behind. It is the reason I created a luxury keepsake book called My Magnus Opus. In this 120-page book, you will be able to process your life and capture events that have shaped you as well as the most important people in your life in order to create your life story for yourself, your family, and future generations to come. You can be sure Johnny is part of My Magnus Opus. To order your very own copy, please go to www.mymagnusopus.com Or, if you would like me to cover another topic, please send me an email message at hi at mymagnusopus.com or DM me on Instagram at mymagnusopus. You can find all the links below. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this provides you some comfort as you go through this difficult grieving process. I'm sending you love
0: and wishing you peace If you feel inspired by this show and think there are others who would be, I would be so grateful if you could take a screenshot of the show and add it to your Instagram story. Tag me at My Magnus Opus. Also, I'd really like to get to know you, so please join our Facebook community, which is My Magnus Opus Community. Sign up for our emails at Hi at MyMagnusOpus.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyMagnusOpus. May your day be full of abundance in everything you do and keep your head up always. I'll see you very soon. And until then, I'm sending you so much love and light.